Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Somebody go to the book of Matthew. Somebody go to the book of Matthew. Somebody say Matthew. We're going to pick up at a place where Jesus was making a decision. How many know that life is full of decisions? Somebody say decisions. Decisions. I often tell people that life is just a long equation of decisions and outcomes. You're not, you, don't have a, you don't have a choice in the matter of who you're born to, where you're born, your ethnicity. But after that, you start, as you grow up, being able to make choices. And one of the privileges I have of, of, of living long enough, being middle-aged, I can look back and see where I could have made some better decisions. Can I see the hand of somebody that could have made some better decisions? It's an old saying, say, if I knew then, <laughs> what I know now, I'd make some better decisions, amen? But I want you to know that you're never going to have to, you know, as long as you live, you're going to always be making choices and decisions. And so we're going to read a scripture today where Jesus had to make, make a decision. People say, oh, well, he was born to die, and he was. He, 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 his destiny was to be a sacrifice, but he had a choice. He had a choice. And if Jesus lived in existence, it means that if we're going to follow him, there are, there are, there are going to come junctures, there are going to come forks in the road. Where we have to make a decision. Someone want you to turn with me to Matthew the 26th chapter. Somebody say Matthew 26. I think it's gonna be on the screen. And this is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Somebody say Gethsemane. Gethsemane means a place of pressing, place of agony. Jesus was in a place of agony. Anybody ever been in a place of agony? I can bet my bottom dollar that it was because you were faced with should I or shouldn't I? Do I stay or do I go? <laughs> do I let go or do I hold on to it? Somebody say decisions. Matthew 26 and 36, it says, Then Jesus went to them, went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here. While I go there and pray. Somebody say pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said, well, Jesus, he's, you know, he, he's, he's the son of God. What is he doing? Ben? Because he knew the gravity of what was at hand. I want to stop here and parenthetically insert the fact that just because you feel sorrow in the weight of something does not mean you don't believe in God. It means that you're human. 
And because your pulse rises a little bit and your palms sweat and you're getting a little nervous, don't let the devil condemn you to thinking that you don't have faith in God. Even Jesus started sweating and agonizing at the moment that was before. Have you ever been in a place like this is a big moment? That there is no room for error. It's either going to sink or swim. It's going to live or die. It's, it, anybody ever just been there and you felt your heart beating a little bit more and you, and, and, and you start thinking about all the outcomes? Don't let the devil condemn you to thinking that you're not one of his children and you're not moving in faith just because you feel the gravity of a moment. Jesus felt the gravity of a moment. And he said, I need to go to pray. And then he said to them, my soul is sorrowful. Even to death. He said, remain here and watch with me. And I am going to go a little further. And he fell on his face and he prayed. You see Jesus' response to pressure and, 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 and turmoil and heat. He went to God in prayer. He didn't call his homeboy. He didn't turn something on and listen to his favorite preacher. He went to God in prayer. Some of the times we're talking to everybody but the right body. He went to God in prayer. And look what he said. He said, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He knew his destiny. He had lived on this earth 33 years knowing, even from a young child, that he was special. He was marked. He knew that his destiny was, you can know something, but it's not until you get at the threshold of it that certain things just grip you. I remember, I remember 18 years ago when me and my wife got married. I was like, oh, yeah. Woo, I can't wait to see that girl. I said, you nervous, man? Like, no, man, I ain't nervous. Man, when they opened that door and, they saw, and I saw that girl standing at the edge. Boy, I said, wait a minute, let me, let me stare at my heart now. And, and yes, she was beautiful, as she is now. But the gravity of the moment, like, whoa, this real. <laughs> this ain't play play. Tell somebody, this ain't play play. This ain't play play. And, 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 and Jesus said, this is for real. So he tried to negotiate, even though he knew from birth what his purpose was. He felt the gravity of the moment. And all of a sudden, Jesus, the son of God, Mary's baby, all that stuff we said, had done all these miracles, had raised people from the dead, had, had opened blinded eyes, had done all that plethora of stuff. But Jesus was trying to negotiate his way out of his destiny. And we say, God, I want you to use me. God, call me. God, you can have your way. Oh, really? Jesus himself tried to negotiate his way. He said, is there any other way? I know I got to do it, but I mean, I mean, can, can, can I just slice my, slice my arm and let him cut an artery? And let the, no, 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 no. He said, is there any other way? But in the same sentence, he didn't, he, he, he came to the revelation even while it was coming out of his mouth. Look at what he said in the B part of the sentence. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And look, and he came back to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you could not, could not watch with me not one hour? Let me tell you something. People love you. And the one that love you, one that love you, can only go so far with you. 
At the end of the day, it's your burden. At the end of the day, it's your calling. At the end of the day, it's your decision. And as much as they love you, you got to walk this walk alone. You got to stand in front of God and give an account of what you did in this body alone. There is no buddy plan on the way to eternity. You're going to have to stand before a righteous judge by yourself. Peter loved him to the point that when they grabbed Jesus later on, he cut a man's ear off. That's how much he loved Jesus. But he did not feel the weight to the point where he could even stay up and wait for Jesus to finish praying. Have you ever felt like you were walking this walk alone? That everybody said they would be there. They're well intended. I'll be there with you, but only I can go so far with you. You're going to have to take those steps. And Jesus said, couldn't y'all just stay away for just a little bit? I'm just going to pray. But as much as people say they're with you, at the end of the day, you have to walk this walk. You have to take those steps. And then after this, he said this. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Jesus was even teaching, even though he was about to go. The spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh, somebody wave your hand. This flesh is weak. Anybody ever been there where your, where your spirit was willing to do a thing? Your spirit left at the word. Your spirit said, oh yeah, I can do that. But the flesh, uh-uh, you ain't got the money. You ain't got the resources. You ain't got, you ain't got the connections. You scared, what are people going to talk about you? If you stepped out there and do something serious, you're going to look crazy. The flesh is weak. And the sooner we come into realization of that, we can live a more peaceful life because we're trying to do things through the flesh that God deposited in our spirits. And we have to train this flesh to follow after what God has said. And again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. And he said, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. I just want to give you a couple of points from the theme of the bravest yes. Somebody say the bravest. Yes. You may be seated. It is not uncommon for us to say yes. We say yes all the time. Would you like this? Yes. Would you like this upgraded seat? Yes. Would you like a free appetizer? Oh, yes. Huh? Do you like this gift card? Oh, yes. But how many of us, of us have been in a position where we had to say yes to something that was going to kill us? Something that was going to cause us agony. Jesus knew his destiny, but yet still when he was met with it, he was at a crossroad. And some people say, well, Jesus had to do it. He was sent here to do it, but he didn't have to do it. Your purpose and your willingness is two different things. And so many times we have a purpose in our lives, 
But when we come at the, at the gate and they do, and, and God does the, the debriefing, and he says, okay, well, you say you're called to this. Well, that means you're going to have to go through this. That means that you're going to go through these trials. That means you're going to have to go through this season of loneliness. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for all this. I signed up for the end result. I signed up for, I signed up for being on the stage. I signed up for being, having my hands lifted in victory. I signed up for having my hands lifted up with trophies in it. That's what we signed up for. But there is this thing called the process. And when the process starts kicking in, we say, hold up, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for this. Oh, yes, you did. And God in his infinite wisdom, he just let us know that we're going to have trials and tribulation. And we should glory in those trials and tribulation because the, 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 those, those, those trials and tribulations are for the testing of our faith. And Jesus was at a place where he was trying to negotiate with his father, God, even though he knew. He said, but if there's any other way that they can pass, let me know. But before he finished his sentence, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And I will submit to you, people of God, that that section right there was Jesus' bravest yes. How can you say that? I'm going to give you three points. The first thing, I said, God, what, 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 is, what, what does that mean that Jesus gave the bravest yes? The first thing God told me is this. Adam put me here. It's one thing to be in a dilemma that I created. It's one thing to be at a fork, hole, at, at a fork in the road and to be in a ditch and to be in a dilemma because it's my fault. I don't know about you. But I've been in some places where I had to make some decisions on stuff that I didn't have nothing to do with, yet and still it landed in my lap. That I didn't cause it, I didn't think of it, I didn't conceive it, I didn't mess it up, I didn't drop it, I didn't mess it up, you know, I didn't do any of those things, but yet still I, here I am in the fork of the road having to make a decision about something that I didn't cause. Why are you saying that about Jesus? It's because man was in right fellowship with God, but Adam created the separation. People want to blame it on the devil. The devil is on his job. His job is to steal, kill, and destroy and to tempt us away, away from God. But Adam made a decision. It wasn't Eve. God didn't show up. and Not, not when Eve uh, uh, bit it of forbidden fruit. It was when Adam, because God gave the, the commandment to the man. God gave commandment to Adam. And when Adam disobeyed God, the separation, uh, uh, a chasm of separation formed between man and God. And here is Jesus having to make a decision about something that was not his fault. You might say, well, Pastor, tell me what they got to do with me. Some of the places that you found yourself in, it ain't your fault that you're there, but it's your fault if you stay there. 
You can't help to you. You can't help who you're born to. You can't help that mama couldn't manage her emotions without drinking. You can't help. You can't help that that that, that, that they left you alone with some nasty uncle that touched on you. You can't help none of that. You can't help that your husband wouldn't love you. You can't help that your wife wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't support you. Wouldn't be half a deli. You can't help any of that. How many know we can't control anybody but ourselves? And here you are at the fork in the road having to make a decision about something that has nothing to do with you. Yet and still, your decision creates the outcome that's going to have ripples throughout your generations. I don't want us to gloss over, oh, Jesus was born and then he, he went and he said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And they took him into captivity and he let him whip him and he let him put a crown of thorns on his head and he just hung him on the cross. No, Jesus was all human and he was all God at the same time. The duality of Jesus Christ, that he was all human and he was all God at the same time. And the word of God said that he was touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Do you know he felt every whip of the cat of nine tails on him? Do you know that those four inch thorns that they pressed into his skull? Do you realize that he suffered when they pissed him in the side that water and blood came out of him that his blood pressure dropped and he was having all the things he went through all the things that a person that, is, that, that, that the physiological things that go through he went into shock he went all those things that, that his entrails that they ripped him over that his guts were pouring out that is what Jesus went through it was the bravest yes that eternity will ever see Somebody say the bravest yes. It was the bravest yes. He wasn't saying just yes to me being a sacrifice. He was, he was saying yes to his creation spitting in his face. He was saying yes to people mocking him and tearing the hairs out of his beard. He was saying yes to your creation. Can you imagine something that you had you had you had something informing with had had had, had the, the the privilege of giving birth to or or, or or shaping and forming and they turn their back on you and they start crucifying you it was a brave yes jesus had nothing to do with it yet and still he had to make a decision about it what am i saying there's some things in your life Word of God said that we were born in sin and shaped with iniquity. You had nothing to do with that. By virtue of being born, you were born under, under the curse of Adam's decisions. But I want you to know today that I don't care who made decisions that put you in a compromised position. I don't care who hurt you. I don't care who turned their back on you. You can make a decision to have a complete and brave yes to come out of what other people put you into. But it's going to take some bravery to tell God yes. Tell somebody and tell them, tell them yes. The second thing God told me is that a true yes is not said, but it's lived. Oh, people can give you lip service all the time. But it's not until you put action to it. A true yes is not said with the lips. It's done 
through the heart and in your actions. And some of us in this room have told him yes. We've told him yes. Stood at the altar and we told him yes. We bent down on our knees one day and we told him yes. But is your life saying yes? Oh God. And I'm not talking just to sinners. I'm talking to people who, who, who have come to Jesus, who have given their lives to him, who have made a declaration, who, who, who have the fish on, my, on, on the back of their car and have the cross around their neck. Does your life say yes? Well, I know you took the pastor's hand. I know you, I know you recited a prayer. And I know you've been baptized. I know you've been sprinkling all the rudiments and all the accruements of everything that you have to do, but does your life say yes? Oh, we looking mighty good today. Everybody looks like spring flowers, spring flowers and Easter eggs. You're beautiful today. But when you get home and you take your wig off and you take your shoes off and you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and you put your feet on the ground, will your life say yes? Anybody can act good for two hours in church. It don't matter if you fool me, you can't fool God. That's your life! Say yes! Jesus just didn't say your will, your will not mine. He got up and he walked out his yes. Had opportunities to turn around. The, the, the soldiers took him and so much power emanated from Jesus that they, they fell on the ground. Jesus could have ran off and been gone and they never would have seen him again. But he walked out his yes. You got to walk out your yes. In times of trial, in times of trouble, in times of challenge, can you walk out your yes? And let me tell you something. Your yes is not going to be tested. In times of plenty and want, and when, when, when Easter bunnies are, are hopping through, and when, and, and when birds are chirping, you see butterflies. Your yes is going to be tested on the darkest days. Your yes is going to be tested when there are tears falling on your pillow, and it will be better to leave and to walk away. That's when your yes will be tested. You got to go from your mouth to your feet. You got to walk out your yes. Tell somebody, can you live your yes? Can you live your yes? Third thing God told me, the reason that Jesus' yes was so brave because it was all or nothing. It was all or nothing. In this era where we have so many options, We love things because of the, or the plethora of options that we have. I can, get, I can grab everybody's phone in here and everybody's screen looks different because you can customize. You can make things your own. You can go to Starbucks and 10 people can be in line and have 10 different things. We love options. But there was no variation in Jesus' decision. It was either yes or no. 
And with your walk with God, this, doesn't, this is not popular in today, but there are no shades of gray. I'll say that again, and I'm glad you're quiet. There are no shades of gray. Either you are with me, or you're against me. The word says it like this. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He said, I would rather you be hot or cold. Because the one that tries to play the middle, God said, it makes me sick. I will spew you out of my mouth. I won't even give you a chance. A complete yes equals a complete no. I'll say that again. God wants a complete yes. And a complete yes, by virtue of it being a complete yes, there is nothing left. It also means that you're saying a complete no. And some of us have given God a yes with strings. Some of us have given God a yes with contingencies. Some of us have given God yes buts. But God said, I need a complete yes. And by virtue of you saying complete yes, you are telling the devil and all his cohorts a complete no. It is impossible to go east and west at the same time. It is impossible. You can, you can go northeast, you can go southwest, but you can't go north and south at the same time. God said, if you're going to turn towards me, squarely come to me. Don't do it with one foot over here. Well, God, my chest is like, no. God said, turn your heart. Your mind, your soul, your will, your plans, your future. Give it all to me. Jesus gave God a complete. Yes, that's why I was so brave, Brother Brian. That, that he, had, he, he said, look, I've got a will. If I had a choice in this thing, I'd choose another way. I'd choose half of this and three quarters of this and an attempt of this. I'd put it all in a gumbo and it would come out there. Look, God said, no, I need it completely. I need you to go through all the steps. The last thing I want you to, I want to share with you as everybody is standing. The last thing that made it a brave yes. And tell somebody beside you, God needs a brave yes. Is that even though he needs us to be brave, he's not leaving you out there alone. See, God is not a cruel God that, won't, that, that will put things in front of you and not empower you to do it. It's about being brave enough to do it. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles. You can look on the screen to Joshua, the first chapter. It's the last thing I want to share with you and then we're going to get out of here. We're going to allow people to make a decision today. Joshua 1 and 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord 
the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Tell somebody, get up. God gave, God, God gave him a reality check. Moses is dead. You the man. You can no longer hide under his shadow. You are the one that everybody's dependent on. This is the reality. Now get up. Some of us have been molding and mourning over things, people, and places. God said, this is the reality. You can't affect your fantasy. God can only affect and change your reality. And the sooner you accept the reality, you and God can do something about it. The reality is you may have been the black sheep of the family. The reality, the reality is you may have been abused and, 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 and betrayed and forsaken. That tells somebody that's the reality. Now get up. I'm not trying to make light of it. But you can't stay here. You can't stay here. Life goes on. It doesn't mean that we don't love them. It doesn't mean that we, we don't cherish the moments. It, do, it, doesn't, mean, it, 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 do, it doesn't mean that, that things are of, are, are of less value. Have you ever known somebody that just got frozen time? And couldn't pull it together to, 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 to go on. I said, as long as I'm still on the throne, as long as there's breath still in your body, I've got higher heights. I've got deeper depths. I've got exploits for you to do. But you have to get up. How'd somebody tell him, get up? He told Joshua, he told Joshua, I need you to get up. And I need you to arise and I need you to cross over Jordan where Moses dropped off where he could take you no further. I need you to get up and I need you to complete the race. I need you to complete the path. I need you to complete the course that I've got for you. And the only way you're going to complete it is if you get up and you leave that place of disappointment. You leave that place where people have, have, have let you down. You leave that place of disappointment and death and you leave that place. It doesn't mean that you don't love it. It doesn't mean that it is never going to be an important chapter in your book. But the story does not end here. The only way it's going to be resolved. The only way it's going to come to, a, to the ending that God desires. God told Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you. I have an expected end for you. But the only way you're going to get to the expected end is if you put, the th put your satchel on your back and you put one foot in front of the other and you start to move. He told him to cross over Jordan. He said, I gave you all this stuff, but I want to skip down to, to, to number five. He said, now when you get up and you cross over Jordan, five, it says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Tell somebody beside you, God is with you. You're not walking this thing alone. You may not have a physical person beside you, but just know that God is with you. You may not can see him. You may not can feel him. But if you see, because people can be with you and not be with you. Can I get an amen in this place? They can sit. They can be right beside you. They can sit across and eat breakfast with you every day and be gone. God said, I won't leave you. 
Somebody tell him thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. He said, but this is what I need you to do, Joshua. This is what I need you to do in six. He says, be strong and courageous. In other words, I need you to be brave. I need you to take a risk. I need you, I, I need you to put your trust in me. I need you to trust me with your tomorrow. I need you to trust me with how I'm going to provide for you. There are going to be enemies you're going to face, but just know that I got your back. I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you to trust me when you don't see it, when you don't feel it. When you, matter of fact, you feel more of the enemy closing in. Then just know I may be in the background, but I will show up right on time. But I need you to be strong and courageous. He needs you to be brave. And he needs a brave yes today. Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. And I don't know about you if you grew up with siblings, but I used to copy my brothers. Look and see how they did what they did. And Jesus being our elder brother, he said, if I was brave, you're going to have to be brave. There's no need for bravery unless there are adverse circumstances that surround us. When everything is going right, there's no need for you to be brave. Bravery is needed when there is peril, when there is imminent danger, when there is threat to us. God is saying today, I need a brave yes. Everybody close your, close your eyes and bow your head. The reason we did everything that we did today, the reason that we sang, the reason that we danced, the reason that we yelled and we shouted and we screamed and we embraced each other and we had a great time today. It's for this moment. Because just like we said before, there are moments in your life where there are forks in the road and you have to make a decision like Jesus made a decision. Out of all the healing that I've done, out of all the dead that I've raised, out of all the blinded eyes I open, I still got one more decision to make. Out of all you've been through, out of all you've seen, out of all you've faced, out of all you've overcome, there is a need for one more decision. And God is saying today, I need you to take the step to choose and give me a brave yes. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.